0: Good morning, everyone. All right. Hope we're all doing well. Uh, You know me. I'm snow crazy. I love it for Christmas. And we got it this year, eh? A, didn't know it would come with five-degree temperatures. I don't want to complain, but, right? I'm kind of like going, "Eh, I should have held off a little bit on that. So, listen, uh, seeing that we took a left-hand turn last week uh, in the Christmas series, we're going to get back on track with my So This Is Christmas thing. Uh, Last week was one of those... It was definitely a moment when God interrupted my best laid plans. And we talked about depression during the holidays. We talked about how family can be difficult and it brings a lot of, uh, well, depressed. I said to be depressed is to be pushed down. Like if you depress your gas pedal, right? And so we, we shared about that and I shared my heart about, um, looking at the ghosts of Christmas past and how lots of us have live our best Christmases in the rearview mirror. You know, as I'm sitting here with mom, um, all of our family was decimated. They've, they've all gone to be with God. They're not with us at Christmas. And so what do you do? You know, when we sing joy to the world, there's not a lot of joy in my house at times because I'm missing everybody, man, you know? So we talked about that. Um, but week number one, we... I'm not just huge on history and stuff, guys. I I feel like if this... Okay, if coming to church and talking about God and, and this whole Jesus thing, if it can't affect my Monday morning and in and do something for me, then what's the point? In other words, I don't. it's fun to root for the Packers. You do all the work, and I go home, and my life is the same. That's not what I want in my spirituality. And so even with Christmas, I kind of struggle with this because we're going to look at some fun, interesting stuff, but I always think this in the back of my mind. Who cares? And I'm not being pithy. I'm not at all. Because you know what Jesus was all about? People, right? It was always about people, everything he absolutely did. So we saw a couple weeks ago, we saw three different people who lived hundreds of years apart, Giving these crazy prophecies, you know, like, all of a sudden, you know, your Savior, this will be his name, and, and, and he'll be born of a virgin, and and, and, and they'll be in a town, tiny town of Bethlehem, and all this sort of stuff. Even such crazy things as one day he's going to get on a young donkey. Um, they're going to give him vinegar. And do you remember, anybody remember the, was it four pages, 12-point font? Hundreds, over 300 messianic prophecies he had to fulfill, and if he missed one of them, go home, he's not the Christ. And so John Lennon said, so this is Christmas. And that was actually on key. That was actually on key. <laughs> Sorry, I'm nerdy like that. What is Christmas? That's, that's Christmas, right? But let's, let's look at another famous figure who wants to talk about so this is Christmas. and He's going to start us off for today. Basically, I have a lot of Christmas thoughts for today. That's what our message is going to be. Let's do it, Brian. Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about?
1: a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown.
0: Cool, huh? Can you imagine that used to be on network television just unapologetically? (laughs) What? (laughs) Uh, That is what Christmas is all about, right? Um, Absolutely. We looked at how the beginning of Christmas actually started in the Garden of Eden. Uh, Christmas was foretold right as soon as we decided to go our own way as human beings. The minute we turned away, God said, all right, here's the plan. There's going to be a descendant of Eve, and he is going to crush you, shining one, serpent. He's going to crush your head even though you strike his heel. And we looked at that was Jesus Christ. Jesus came and crushed the power of the enemy in our lives. Meanwhile, he himself was stricken, and he went down, didn't he? And then three days later, he got back up again. Christmas began in the Garden of Eden, actually. But today, just for fun, just real quickly, I want to zoom in on that story right there. So we did Christmas past, last week and the week before. Let's do Christmas Day. Let me teach you something cool. This is sort of nerdy. Take it. Take what you want, Okay. So all of a sudden you've got the star, the celestial event, which actually astrologers, you know how you can go forward and backward in time with constellation? Did you know that, guys? You can just turn them. They're predictable. Okay? They can—they actually see a huge event that took place in the sky over Jerusalem at in 2 A.D. Did you know that? And you know that it was in the fall most likely that Jesus was born? Not in the wintertime. We put it there, Gregorian, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Christmas does have some pagan roots. Don't care. I've said before, I think you redeem that. I don't think you go, oh, man, I should, I'm going to boycott Christmas trees. I don't. That's not me necessarily, okay? I think you do that. Um, do you know how we know when Jesus was born? Because we actually know when um, uh, Gabriel showed up, appeared to Mary, and we know when Mary's cousin, Elizabeth, was proclaimed to be with child too. So there's all sorts of cool things that you can zoom in and say, all right, it would happen in the fall so anyway you ready for this this is some crazy cool stuff Uh, I always say this the Bible is inspired by the Lord our God it is not literature it is a living thing there's not a single contradiction in this thing and I want to show it to you so we've all heard about three wise men right and Linus touched on it kind of that evening so you got three wise men number one that's not true at all there's no such thing as about three wise men that is totally folklore in fact we were watching little drummer boy the other day which is now Alex's favorite movie dancing camel Sheep and right, he was all about it. And of course, they've got the three wise men and they've got names somehow miraculously. Hogwash, that's not what we're talking about. The truth of it all on Christmas Day is way more interesting and awesome. You want to hear it? Anybody want to hear it? Okay, 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 okay. So, you got a, a bunch of Syrians, Syrians, not Jews, looking for the Hebrew Messiah. What anybody ever thought about that? Right, the kings from the East, yeah, the East doesn't care about Hebrew traditions. Why are they looking for this king? Ah, the answer is found in a really peculiar place called the Book of Daniel. Hit me, man. Hit me. I'll show you. So you remember Daniel? He's known for such hits as Daniel in the lion's den and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Okay. So check this out. Daniel is taken to a place called Babylon, and uh, he's kidnapped, let's be honest. And and, and the Hebrews are enslaved. But Daniel is given this amazing gift by God. It happens, okay? And Daniel uses it. He honors God. So Daniel how many people know that if you walk in the ways of God and the blessed attitudes like the Beatitudes, that, that blessings follow you, right? When you get on team God, you're, you're okay, so, so this happens to Daniel. Whatever job he gets, even if it's the Sugar Creek, he's got favor upon him, okay? As a college student, he's got favor upon him. All the other kids are, do you see what I'm trying to say? This is what happens. There's principles all over this thing. I'm just going to hit him and quit him, okay? So the king said to Daniel, because you've pro- told me about this dream, which is dope, by the way, Go read, the. it's actually a timeline of the kingdoms that come after this. It's amazing, shockingly accurate. So the king said to Daniel, surely your God, capital G, good job, is the God of gods, the Lord of kings, and the revealer of mysteries. For you're able to reveal this mystery. It was was crazy. Then the king placed Daniel in a high position and lavished many gifts on him. He made him ruler over the entire province of Babylon and placed him in charge of its wise men. Moreover, Daniel's blah, 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 blah. What did it just say? I placed Daniel over... The wise men. Now, this is a long time before Bethlehem, guys. Uh, I don't know if I wrote down the year. I'm going to say a couple hundred years, okay? Sorry, I I totally blew the... It's Oh, about 200 years. Yeah, 167 to 164 BC. So, you ready? After this, I don't know if I want another one or not, Bri. Do I? No? Okay, so after this, what do they do? Somebody tries to go after Daniel. And in fact, that's why he ends up in the lion's den. Do you understand that? You ever, you ever wonder? The king and him are getting along just swimmingly right now, right? But then, don't you remember, people go, hey, king, shouldn't you put up an edict that people got to pray to you? And then they sit outside his door and go, oh, Daniel's not doing it. You should kill him. <laughs> this is AJ's version of the Bible, which I will patent one of these days. Um, listen, why do, you think, why do you think they did it? Let me give you some, give me, give you some uh, history here. Y'all know the word magi, right? Magi is a word. You ever seen the mummy, the first one? Walt has. No? Nobody's seen The Mummy? Nobody's ever heard of Brendan Fraser? I'm just making this up. It was a fantastic movie. It was a good portrayal of the Magi. There is are a society handed down father to son, blah, 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 throughout the years where you're born, let's say, if Eric is born of the Magi, you don't go get a job. You're Magi, dude. That's what you do. And, and, and you roll with a whole military procession of the Magi. That's who you are. Well, all of a sudden, somebody who's not even Babylonian or Syrian is put in charge of them all. That's why they throw him in the lion's den. How dare you do this? This is all we've known down my family, and now you're the boss? They try to kill Daniel, blah, 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 blah. So i want to ask you a question again. Why is a military procession of Syrians, when the star appears over Bethlehem, why are they looking for the Hebrew Messiah? I'll give it to you straight up. I believe Daniel passed it down the line of the Magi, of the wise men. Our, our Messiah is coming. Daniel had an amazing gift of prophecy. So instead of three wise men coming with gold, frankincense, and myrrh, that's why we've said that. It was three items they brought him. By the way, those three items are very prophetic. I don't have it today. I I hate to tell you. Uh, We we okay? I'm just babbling. Are we good? (laughs) Okay. Well, I am. I'm just spouting out information. Do you know something, Justin? That wasn't the first time they gave that, by the way. This was, again, the Syrian army... Had its own procession where they would go and they would they would do this ceremony for the for the coming kings and queens okay Jesus is not the only one to have had the the Magi come to him he's not but he sure is the only infant to ever have that happen so here's what you see if you look back through this story we're looking at Christmas Herod all of a sudden sees an army marching through his streets Herod and he goes what do you guys? what's happening and it's not in the way of like, get out of here. Go back and look at this story. Herod's like, what are you guys, what are you, what are you doing here? And they're like, we're here for the Hebrew Messiah. The king is being born. Oh, um, if you find him, will you come back and tell me? Like, he's not making demands at all because this the wise men would have been, like I said, a military procession with hundreds of people, its own little army. And they come and they find Yeshua, who was most likely born in a cave, by the way, you want, to, you want me to go into this? This is way, do you want me to go into this? Okay. We all think you've got this mean innkeeper. I've been studying this recently, ready? You know, we've got no room in the inn. Well, number one, there ain't no holiday inns, so stop modernizing the thing. But I want to challenge you with something today that may or may not be true. Does anybody understand that in the Middle East there's a really binding thing called hospitality where if you're under someone's roof, they have to take care of you, your reputations mingle? Where if somebody's in need, you, you have to provide for them. I want to challenge you with something today. Mary and Joseph go to Bethlehem, the city of David, where Joseph is from, okay? They're engaged, which means it's legally binding, but they weren't married yet. Joseph's family, just throwing it out here, most likely still lived there. Because what you do is, you would have a tent, and then when your son would get married, you'd put a a tent on the side of the tent, and it would grow and grow and grow and grow. grow. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? What was that? (laughs) Um, Oh, smoke alarm, maybe? So listen, when Mary and Joseph rode into Bethlehem, can I tell you something? Most likely, they went to Joseph's house and said, Hi, Mom and Dad, this is Mary. Do you understand what I'm saying? It probably wasn't. Can I swipe my card for a stranger room? If that's where he was from, that's why he had to go back there, his city of birth, by the way, do you realize it was most likely his own family that looked her up and down and went, not in my house. Come on, man. Most likely she was anywhere between 14 and 16 years old, which at the time wasn't scandalous, of course. Men only lived to 45 back then. What I'm trying to say is, because we're going to talk about faith, we're talking about the actual matters of Christmas being... Way more uh, real than we've done we've done silent Night. Have you ever been to a birth that's silent? No Never ever never never right n- n- No crying he made you ever heard a baby that didn't cry when they came out don't we make them cry when they come out? Okay, so anyway listen listen I- I'm just sharing this with you because these are real people and you sit there and you go well I'm having my problems at Christmas time or I don't even believe this stuff when the reality of it all is, Joseph shows up, and he was probably rejected by his own family. We got words for what they call you, Mary. And that's probably not his, you know, son or daughter. We got words for that, and not in my house. And maybe some of us, I tell you what, have made decisions where we've heard that very same thing from our parents. Well, maybe When you get right, you're, you can come back in this house. Or you made your bed, you lie in it. That was actually probably more of Christmas so on one hand you've got a military procession coming and looking for this child on the other hand you've got a teenage girl who just got called a and a and a by Joe by Joseph's parents most likely and said not in this house and turned away and rejected. So what does he do? He goes and finds the one place that might be safe. Shepherds used to go in these caves. There's all sorts of caves all over the place there. And they would go in these caves, and they'd put like a, a barrier up, and they'd, the sheep and the shepherds would sleep. He probably found the closest thing to sh- shelter he could, got Mary in there after a long donkey ride, after all, and said, babe, this is the best I can do. And he went and he got some the equivalent of oily rags from the garage, swaddling clothing, and wrapped this baby up and said, I don't know how we're going to do this thing. So that's that's really Christmas, John Lennon. That's really Christmas. A, de- a dejected Mary, who the reputation follows her the rest of her life. By the way, pick up Psalm twenty-two, where people. Well, remember when the uh, remember when the Pharisees say we know who our dad is? To Jesus. The reputation followed Mary around everywhere. This is Christmas. It's dirty. It's ugly. There's blood. There's sweat. There's doubt. Do you understand? What I'm trying to say but don't doesn't that make that even more amazing this story that normal people chose faith and and this is what changed changed the world so so that to me is Christmas but I want to show something I always show because some people still can't really get their head around it why and let me let me tell you something that was probably being being thought that when Mary's laying there on the cold ground and she's giving birth God I chose to believe you this isn't what I signed up for and I'm telling you what, I don't know about if you're anything like me, but I've had times in my life where I've said that too. This isn't what I signed up for. But let's let Paul Harvey do a little magic. I show this every year. I, I've got to. Can somebody flip the first switch on the left, please? Up. Yes, nice one. Thank you.
1: Okay. The man I'm talking about was not a Scrooge now. He was a kind, a decent, a mostly good man, generous to his family and upright in his dealings with other men, but he just did not believe in all of that incarnation stuff which the churches proclaim at Christmas time. It just did not make sense, and he was too honest to pretend otherwise. He could not swallow the Jesus story about God coming to earth as a man. He told his wife, I'm truly sorry to distress you, but I'm just not going with you to church this Christmas Eve. He said he'd feel like a hypocrite, that he'd much rather just stay home, but that he would wait up for them. So he stayed, and they went to the midnight service. Now, shortly after the family drove away in the car, snow began to fall. He went to the window to watch the flurries getting heavier and heavier. Then he went back to his fireside chair, began to read his newspaper. Minutes later, he was startled by a thudding sound, and then another, then yet another. At first he thought somebody must be throwing snowballs against the living room window. But when he went to the front door to investigate, he found a flock of birds huddled out there miserably in the snow. They had been caught in the storm. In a desperate search for shelter, they had tried to fly through his large landscape window. That was what had been making the sound. Well, he couldn't let those poor creatures just lie there and freeze. So he remembered the barn where his children stabled their pony. That would provide a warm shelter. All he would have to do is direct the birds into that shelter. Quickly, he put on a coat and galoshes, and he tramped through the deepening snow to the barn, and he opened the doors wide. And inside the barn he turned on a light so the birds would know the way in. But the birds did not come in. So he figured that food would entice them. He went back into the house and fetched some breadcrumbs and sprinkled those on the snow, making a trail of breadcrumbs to the yellow-lighted, wide-open doorway of the stable. But to his dismay, the birds ignored the breadcrumbs. The birds just continued to flop around helplessly in the snow. He tried catching them. He could not. He tried shooing them into the barn by walking around them, waving his arms, but instead they scattered in every direction, every direction except into the warm-lighted barn. And that's when he realized that they were afraid of him. They were afraid of him. To him he reasoned, I'm a strange, terrifying creature. If only I could think of some way to let them know that they can trust me, that I'm not trying to hurt them, but to help them. But how? Any move he made tended to frighten them and confuse them. They just would not follow. They would not be led or shooed because they feared him. And he thought to himself, if only I could be a bird now, I could be a bird and mingle with them and speak their language, and tell them not to be afraid, then I could show them the way to the safe, warm barn. But I would have to be one of them, wouldn't I? So they could see, and hear, and understand. At that moment, the church bells began to ring. The sound reached his ears above the sounds of the wind, and he stood there listening to the bells at Fidelis, listening to the bells pealing the glad tidings of Christmas and he sank to his knees in the snow. Paul Harvey, I hope for you and those you love, this will be a wonderfully merry Christmas.
0: Yeah, isn't that nice? Okay, you can turn that light back on, please. Um, There's not much to, to add to that, but as we're looking at Christmas, uh, we can't miss the fact that even though all this is going down and they're they're huddled in the cave and you got the army that's coming to congratulate and we know that he is Messiah, he is the king, we can't miss the fact that the purpose of it all was that God became like us, vulnerable, frail, honestly, killable. He could be killed. He came fully as a man while being fully God. Now, here's the thing. I understand that that's a hard thing to get to get around like this guy here in the the poem but there are certain things that we have to take on faith we're never going to fully understand i don't know how it happened guys i have no idea i have no idea what does it take for creator god to lay down his deity i don't know he i mean right behind me what does it say the word became flesh and dwelt among us that's exactly what we're talking about word meaning jesus is is a title for jesus we've seen his glory the glory of the one and only son how that happened i have no idea but I made the choice. So my final thought today, even though we've done some interesting things, is the entire Christmas is all about faith. The faith of the shepherds to hear the angel and check it out. The faith of the Syrian army of magi to go there and and perform this ritual for the baby. The faith of Mary, who was told something impossible was going to happen to you. Even though everybody else is going to reject you, it's going to cost you everything But will you choose to believe? And he, yes, the faith of Joseph to believe she wasn't deceiving him, right? This whole thing, if there's one word about Christmas, it's called faith. And here's the thing. What we're going to learn today is this. The answers in life often come after we've chosen to believe. This is not a human kingdom. His ways are not our ways. Our free will is what separates us from every other creature on earth. Even our dogs and cats, we love them to death, but it's training, it's instinct, it's not free will. We alone have free will, and the greatest power you have, any individual listening to me right now, is to where you point your faith. Where what am I going to point my faith at? What am I going to trust to take care of me and my family and my future? That's the greatest power we have. And so Christmas is a story of every single person. If you look at a nativity scene, it's a beautiful portrait, right? Who's in the center of the nativity every time? And they're all looking at him, right? They're all aiming their lives at him. They left the mundane for a shot at the miraculous. So this is Christmas. So again, boots on the ground, guys. You know, it's time for us to actually examine where is our faith pointed. Let me look at a faith slide. This is Hebrews 11. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I'm not going to do the elders thing, because after this it goes on and says, the faith of so-and-so to do this, and so-and-so and do this, and, blah, 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 and that's all well and good. It's called the Hall of Faith from Hebrews. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. I studied this so long last night, and I still don't really understand it. Can I be honest with you? I used to say this, what's the substance of this, this stand made up of? Metal is the substance that makes this up, but it doesn't, still doesn't resonate with me. Instead, I, I read someone who said, faith is the basement that the rest of our lives in eternity, the house that we see, gets built upon. You cannot see faith. You cannot taste faith. You cannot, you cannot even manipulate faith. But life will be built upon faith. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? You'll see the faith of the Daniels household in the way I raise my kids. You're not going to see it underneath. You're not going to. But it is the substance that makes up everything else in my life. The substance that makes up my hope that one day my body is going to say, no more, we're done. That's the way it all goes. But underneath all of that is the faith that I'm going to look this baby, who's now obviously a grown man, the savior of the world, I'm going to look him in the eyes. And he's going to say what I've wanted to hear my whole life, and that's well done, good and faithful servant. You you, You chose to believe in me, you followed me, enter into the rest. That's faith. Underneath that, that's what guides my entire life is faith. And i got to be honest with you, I've been doing, I've been walking with God. I started to get serious about it when I was about 25. In case you're wondering, I'm 37 right now, so there's that. Um, I chose to believe he was who he says he is when I was 17. I made him my savior, but I didn't make him my lord over any area of my life until 25, and that's when things started. to. Um, But where was I going with that? I remember (laughs) the different areas of my life that I have yielded to him the the faith has brought that has changed everything for me and now okay I know I was saying that yeah I get a nice amen there absolutely I actually and this is not a patronizing way of saying this y'all know how I am I just shoot straight the older I get the more sympathy I have for someone who doesn't have faith in their life And I don't mean that in a patronizing, patronizing way. Like, oh, no, I'm saying, like, wow, where would I be without that? It's done, it's changed everything for me. It really has. And it all began when I was confronted with the story of God becoming a baby for me to fix what was broken in my life. And there was a day when I said, all right, I'm done hearing it. I'm going to go see him. I'm going to go see him. That's faith. Do you understand that? Faith is the energy spent putting one foot in front of another to go see the baby Jesus day after day after day. So um, I'm going to wrap it up here in a second. Faith in him is what makes up the things we hope for, absolutely. Um, I want to read you a poem because we're celebrating Christmas. I want to read it to you this way uh, just to challenge challenge you and talk about Mary, just to conclude this thing here. I want to say this. Let's listen to this song I read I was gonna have Lisa sing it but it's I think it's more powerful when you say it so hey Mary did you know that your baby boy is one day gonna walk on water did you know that this baby boy is gonna save our sons and daughters did you know Mary that your baby boy has come to make you new this child you just delivered is actually gonna deliver you Mary did you know any of this Hey, did you know that your baby boy is going to give sight to a blind man? He's going to calm a storm with his hand? That he's walked where angels trod? And when you kiss your little baby, you're actually kissing the face of God? Mary, did you know that? Did you know that your baby boy is Lord of all creation? That one day your baby boy is going to rule all the nations? That the one you're holding right there is heaven's perfect lamb? The sleeping child you're holding is the great I Am? Mary did you know that And can I tell you something for all accounts she would look you good in the face and go I had no idea I knew he was I knew he was something special but I didn't know he was Elohim I didn't know he was Adonai the face of God. I'm just giving words for God okay that she would have used <laughs> um, Mary didn't know guys but she chose to believe so we're gonna close off by we're gonna sing come all ye faithful but I want to challenge you with, with something here. It says, oh, come all ye faithful. That's Adeste Fidelis, by the way, which he was talking about. He's just saying it in Latin. Um, "O oh, come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Come to Bethlehem. The song said this, says this, guys. Faith is what gets you there. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Oh, come all ye faithful. You who have faith, come to Bethlehem. Come with joy and triumph. But I'm the type of guy that, I, again, I don't really pull punches. Only the faithful get to come. And I don't mean the good. I didn't say the good. I meant those who choose faith. Broken, not done well, sloppy, right? This is life. But only you get get to come. Come, come ye faithful. So this Christmas, guys, uh, you know, I don't know who I'm talking to right now. I don't. But I would be remiss and I would be an irresponsible preacher to not say Christmas is about faith. And Christmas is a beautiful time to examine our faith. Because sometimes what ends up happening, and nobody's coming at you, but sometimes what ends up happening is you realize you're in the back of the crowd, and that's everybody else's baby Jesus, and it's not yours. Does that make any sense? I don't know if I could have said that any clearer. Do we do we get that? Okay, I'll keep pushing. you got to get with me. <laughs> you know how I do. Um, so, yeah, let's sing O Come Are You Faithful, guys. Um, and let's choose faith this Christmas season.